0: Hey creator, I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer. And before we get to started with today's podcast, and it's all about, about how to plan your financial fitness, especially in times of crisis like we have right now, I wanted to tell you about my website, iancorzine.com. There you can set up a consult with either myself or one of the Your Social Media Law team members for an in-depth analysis of any of your copyright, trademark, or business questions for your social media content. Also, we have legal templates on iancorzine.com. And let's say you wanna form an LLC or you wanna arrange a collab agreement with another creator, you can go to iancorzine.com and you can find the appropriate template, click it, download it, make changes for your particular agreement, and then you have a legal Solid agreement for that arrangement listen till the end of today's podcast when I'm going to give you a Gift and that gift is 20% off legal templates If you use the code, I'll tell you that at the end of of the podcast. All right, let's go Let's go for the social media law podcast
1: Are you ready? It's live from Los Angeles It's your social media lawyer Corzine.
0: Welcome to the Social Media Law Podcast. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer, and this is the podcast for social media creators and entrepreneurs that want to know more about the law and how it affects their social media content. Today, I'm going to be joined by Tracy Bissett of Bisset Financial Fitness. She is going to help us in this, in these deep crisis times with our getting our financial fitness in order, uh, I think it's going to be really, really important for all the creators out there to listen to what Tracy has to say so that we can better prepare ourselves because I don't think this is the last thing. I have a feeling that there's going to be some other spikes of whether it be a pandemic or some other disastrous consequences and you need to be aware of those things. By the way, if you want to reach me at any time during the podcast, you can reach me via email at podcast at iancorzine.com or you can always hit me up at Twitter, at Ian Corzine. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Tracy Bissett. Tracy, welcome to the Social Media Law Podcast.
1: Thank you, Ian. I'm so happy to be with you today.
0: Well, thank you for taking so much time out for us. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been very difficult. And, you know, even when people are like, you know, I always hear the thing on other podcasts, oh, yeah, we're staying at home anyway. Um, it still is a major commitment to be able to come on a show and be able to give some value to an audience that I think is largely unsung. And that is the social media creator audience. Some are doing real well, a lot are not, and they really need your financial tips. So I'm so glad you're here today. What I usually like to start out with is for you to tell us maybe a, a, you know, a a testimonial or a client story um, where you help someone in your business. Do you have something for us?
1: absolutely and so i want to talk a little bit about a medical practitioner i was working with um, physiotherapist who had a clinic with multiple um, exam rooms in it multiple people working for her and consistently not making any money and she Mm -hmm. wasn't consistently getting a paycheck which is something i hear regularly from entrepreneurs that i work with and so we took a deep dive into the numbers and we were able to see that based on her hours of operation um, even when the clinic was open, not all the rooms were being utilized and she wasn't open a lot in the nights or the weekends. And so we brainstormed some ways to how could we make use of that space. Mm-hmm. And so as you can appreciate with a medical uh, practice, you want to make sure that you're bringing in other practitioners who share your same values and philosophy for client care and, and patient care. Um, so she was able to bring in more uh, associates that way during the daytime hours, but then also rent out the, the place to um, massage therapists on the weekend who were just renting the space and not operating under her banner. So all of a sudden it was a lot easier to pay the rent. It was a lot easier to to carry those bills. Cash flow was stronger, which allowed her to get a, a regular steady paycheck from the business. Um, so it was all about getting in touch with the numbers and then um, it wasn't a rocket science fix, but just thinking critically about how can we change this situation.
0: I absolutely love that. It sounds to me like what you did in this situation is you did a deep dive into your client's business and you were able to figure out maybe almost like in a third party perspective, certain areas that weren't being capitalized that you were able to monetize. It sounds like a great story.
1: Yeah. And just the, the sheer space, the volume was big and not being used and quickly my eyes went to that. And, and then there was the objection around, well, I, I need the practitioners to share my philosophy. Well, that's great when the practice is open and if they're going to operate under your banner, but if you can just use the space and get someone trustworthy. who's not going to harm it when they're using it. Um, Win-win all around. And so that gave her a lot more comfort in her personal life, easier ability to make mortgage payments, go on the trip she wanted. And she also uh, was really invested in personal development. So she was able to continue on her learning.
0: That's awesome. That's really awesome. I think, you know what, uh, a lot of people, a lot of my clients have come to me, and they've really turned away from extravagance, and they're now into being conservative. They're now in this conserving resources. How can I maximize what I have? Do I have an extra room that I could rent out? Um, is, there, is there more time in the day that I could actually do telemarketing or, or something that I can do to be able to prepare myself for the future? Because I think that, you know, this crisis that we're in right now has, has told a lot of us you know what? It may not be, we may never go to a, a normal as we understand it. It may be a new normal. And so I think solutions like the, the, the one that you provided for your client is exactly what all of us need, including us social media creators. I want to go into your top tips for social media creators uh, going forward uh, in their businesses uh, in the future and how they can kind of survive this time and actually thrive. But first, I do want to talk a little bit about your background. You're coming to us live from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. And I actually grew up on the east coast of Canada in Nova Scotia. Uh, So right on the ocean, um, moved to Ontario when I was finishing high school and did university here. And uh, I was entrepreneurial as a kid, I used to, I realized quickly the value of money and what I could do with money. And so my parents, we had enough money for the things that we needed, but not every time I wanted to go to the corner store uh, to buy some snacks and treats. And so I realized very young, I need to make money and have that ability to make money. So it was really entrepreneurial. Then I went to business school and ended up getting a job as a banker. So for for 16 years, I was a banker um, in the areas of commercial lending. So helping customers get access to the financing they needed. And then in risk management. So I approved loans for companies all across industries all across Canada. And so I I got to watch all these businesses and then my job was eliminated. So I took the opportunity to think about what are all the things that I love to do in my life. So number one, I've always been passionate about helping people understand money. So I wanted to make sure that was there. I've loved working with entrepreneurs directly or indirectly. So that needed to be there. And just this teaching aspect where I can help take the mystery out of stuff, um, it all kind of came together. So I started BISIT Financial and I serve young adults as well as entrepreneurs really help them uh, take the mystery out of money, help them use it as a tool. As much as you can remove emotion from money, you're going to be in such a stronger place. And your views around money are formed when you're so young. So I've had a little kid, five years old, tell me how evil money is. Obviously something's going on in her household that makes her feel that way. And so for a lot of people who feel apprehensive about money, you've learned it before you even realized you were learning that. Uh, So I like to help people get a better relationship with money so then they can make their companies or their individual situations um, be able to hit the goals that they have for themselves. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got different goals. Um, The other thing that's really key for me is I want to see everyone make as much money as they can. And not because I think people need to hoard money and have big piles of money and spend it on themselves. But As soon as you are free financially, you can give your time to the community. You can donate money to the community. You can start um, using some of the funds you make off paying clients to provide free services for clients who can't afford your, your service. So I always encourage everybody to make as much as they can and then use it as they would like.
0: Uh, That is uh, so well said. I have done some research uh, into your background and I see that you definitely have a specialty in, I I think you term it, I think young money, right? You call it youngmoney.com or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's my podcast. I love it.
0: I think it's just awesome. Um, What do you think distinguishes uh, strategies for young money versus, I'm not boomer, but boomer money? (laughs)
1: Hello? So I, I'll oh, just yeah. repeat: is oh. to distinguish young from boomer strategies. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. No, I just meant like, yeah. What, what, what do you think? Uh, are there some strategies that you have that are different for young money as opposed to older types of uh, people with money?
1: I try to take, keep it really simple is the first thing and try to make sure everybody knows there's no set place you need to start. I think the education system, certainly in Canada does a really bad job preparing young adults to go into life and certainly take on all that student debt when they're going to post-secondary. Yeah. So I think the, the system's kind of uh, rigged and not in your favor. I think the, the education system looks at parents and families and says, you should be teaching them when they're not necessarily equipped. And so I just try to bring up basic things and explain them in a really plain way. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of my shows are on on really basic things, but people get a kick out of them. Like even how do you cohabitate with your friends in university or college and make sure you don't get stuck with bills at the end of the term Mm -hmm. because everybody's moving out of the apartment or how do you assess whether or not you should get a credit card? And just Mm -hmm. the things that I go through in my thought process that for me are kind of second nature, um, I generally don't tell people what to do, but give them the framework how to do it. And uh, I love music, live music especially. And so if I can tie any of my episodes to music, I certainly do. Uh, So around Super Bowl time, I had uh, the financial fitness lessons we could learn from J-Lo and Shakira because we can learn about money from anybody. So I try to make it fun, keep it interesting so that everybody's learning, but it doesn't feel like school.
0: Yeah. Now, Young Money is available on iTunes and wherever mm-hmm. podcasts are available. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. And uh, there's a weekly show, and it's been around since December 2017. So there's a lot of episodes there. And I'm coming up on episode 140, 145. So lots of good content. And anybody who's listening who has ideas for me, I would love to hear from, from
0: you. I highly endorse the podcast. Thanks, Tracy, for letting us know about it. Um, one of the things that you, you brought up, which was really interesting to me, is, you know, the concepts, keeping it simple. And I think probably you'd agree that you're trying to keep it simple for not just young people, but also old people alike. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. I think as soon as people can understand, then they can actually take action. And until you understand, it's just overwhelming potentially depending on your your knowledge and where you're starting and mm-hmm. uh, you you listed off my company name visit financial fitness and to me the term financial literacy really has a negative connotation you're illiterate about money and so fitness is you're wherever you are when you start and you can only become more fit so just like physical fitness you're taking that first step off the couch you're going to walk around the block okay let's learn about different bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're more um, sophisticated, you're running marathons, maybe you're going to learn about sophisticated investing. And so there's a place for everyone on the financial fitness spectrum. You just start where you are and you move ahead one step at a time, uh, from, somewhere from a positive angle.
0: Nice. Another thing I took from your history, you know, was was your vast experience in commercial loans. Um, you know, in America here, we have a program called the PPP. Uh, and a lot of mm-hmm. us uh, businesses, including myself, uh, applied and, and received some funds. And we're certainly happy that there are some funds to help out with our, our paychecks for our employees. And we're able to keep some of our, or all of our employees. Um, however, we also understand if we're sophisticated that to get that money, the government's just printing money. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on these kind of, I, I don't want to use the word handouts, but these these uh, deliveries of cash to us businesses to keep us going, in the long run, is that going to be good for us or bad for us? Or do you have an opinion? Or?
1: Oh, I certainly have an opinion. Um, and, uh, interesting enough, it's been coming up with people that I've been talking to, individuals and um, business owners, because we've got the same sort of programs here in Canada. And I've actually been seeing, and I don't know if it's a Canadian thing, um, a lot of people weren't applying. Mm-hmm. Even though they met the eligibility criteria because they were thinking there's people who are worse off than me, so I should conserve the money for those mm-hmm. people. That's and nice. so so I've been having dialogue that if you do qualify, I do think you should get the money. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that you need to, but you should be building up a cash reserve because you said off the top of the show, we don't know where this is going. We don't know how long this is going to be. We do not know when the the end is going to be or what the new normal is. Mm -hmm. So if you qualify and you get the money, but you don't need it right away, save it. Save it for a rainy day, especially if you are in a program where you do need to pay the money back at some time. Have it as a cushion, uh, but there's no need to be a martyr because we will all be paying for this. Uh, I would expect taxes will go up significantly in the future as the government tries to to pay for all of this and um, not all businesses will survive. Uh, So that would be the only other caveat I would say. If your business was not doing well before when things were good and it was considered to be a good economy where you live and where your business operates, um, maybe you do need to think twice about these programs. Because a company that's struggling in a good time who just layers on more debt could potentially create other problems. Mm -hmm. So always my my best advice is first start by assessing where you are, Mm -hmm. where are you in your industry? Where is your financial position? And then if you think you can weather this storm and get some professional help if you need to help figure it out, but if you are going to weather the storm, get access to those funds.
0: Yeah. I agree. I actually told one of my clients that he's like, you know, I'm I'm on the fence about whether I need it. You know, in, in America at least, you know, um, you have to call it, it's two and a half times payroll obligations for six weeks, but you can spend the money on rent and payroll. There's a whole bunch of different things. Uh, and he was talking about the fact he's like, you know what, I'm I'm doing okay. I have an online business, I don't think I'm gonna apply. And I just told him, I said, Listen, apply. What's the worst that could happen? You don't need it and you return the money. I mean, it is a loan. That's so right. yeah. So Um, I agree with what you're saying. Um, right now is the time to take all, to assess all potential income streams. Uh, and then, and like I said, you could always return it if you didn't need it or, or, um, or like you said, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So you could lose an employee, you could lose a situation. And so you might need that money, you know, to help you out, to keep your business going.
1: The now. other thing, if you're really on the, on the good end of the spectrum, like your company's thriving, because some companies are thriving right now, yeah. why don't you use it to make further investment in the business and grow the business? Because growth is hungry and takes cash. So True. if you can double down on something that's working really well, use it for a positive purpose, keeping in mind, again, that it's debt and you'll have to pay it back. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. you can, can use it to grow the business and actually bring yourself even to a better situation.
0: I like that. I like that. Um, now, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about your background, understand where you're coming from. Uh, now, let's move on to some of the tips you may have for us social media creators out there. We have online businesses. They could be small. They could be big. Uh, what, are you see, what do you think we should be doing in the next you know, 60 to 90 days to prepare ourselves for whatever's to come for the rest of 2020?
1: So the first thing is, um, irrespective of industry, but especially with creative types, because I know there's sometimes a reluctance to look at numbers. You got you got to know the numbers, and so you have to get comfortable with your financial position. Uh, How much do you have in the bank? How much is coming in? How much is going out? Uh, Who do you owe money to? What are the Mm -hmm. terms? Um, Just get a a baseline assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially at this time, I'm finding a lot of entrepreneurs who've been hesitant to look at their financial position. Uh, They're really worried and they're super stressed. They're not sleeping. They're really anxious. I always encourage people to know the numbers. Then you can see what exactly you need to worry about and make a plan. You can't address anything if you don't know what the real situation is. And in my experience, people often um, overestimate how bad it is. And so when they actually look at the numbers, it's not as bad as they think. And then they can actually solve some problems. So that's the first
0: one. So don't duck your head in the sand and say, well, hopefully (laughs) this will just go, this will go away. Actually dig into the numbers know where you're at, know how much debt you have, know what you need for the future. And that way you probably won't be as stressed. Is that fair? Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Because oftentimes you're kind of floating around and some of the listeners right now might be um, feeling this. You're in like this money fog where you've got like this weighted blanket on you all the time mm-hmm. and you're going through. And even when you're trying to be creative and get out your best work to your clients, you can't because you've got this preoccupation with the money. Um, and not, and you're not dealing with it. So you can't ever lift the blanket off or this fog. And so yeah. as soon as you do, you do feel a weight lifted. You may still have a bad situation, but now you're in the proactive. How do I fix this
0: stage? I wholeheartedly agree with that Whether it comes to money or when it comes to personal issues, whatever, the, fr- when you feel stress, it's because you don't have information. So the first step is like you said, to get that information, make a to-do list. <laughs> and at least, you know, what you don't know,
1: right? Yeah. So then my second tip is actually to take it one step further and create a cash flow forecast for the next sixty to ninety, even if you wanted to go 180 days, because okay. things things could be different than you're used to. And so you need to take a look at what are your normal patterns. The way you're gonna look at that is you're gonna look at your bank account statements, your credit card statements, and see what is the normal amount of money that comes in, the normal amount. Mm-hmm goes out, what might be different, what's still the same. And by the time you take your inflows minus your outflows, you're probably going to have a shortfall and that's Mm -hmm. okay. And that's Mm -hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. So what in those expenses could you maybe defer? Could you make arrangements with some creditors? Um, could you, you do just eliminate some expenses? If you haven't been paying attention to your numbers earlier, there are probably some things you're paying for that you don't even use or you don't even need. A lot of times, um, especially for these industries, you could have um, software applications, different apps that you're paying for and you just kind of forgot about because uh, after mm-hmm. a couple months you didn't use them anymore. So there, it's time for cleaning up and then making arrangements with creditors. And then you're going to look to programs that are out there. You're going to look to your banker who should be your financial partner to see if you can set something up. Mm-hmm. So make like, that cash flow forecast.
0: It's like a financial sp- spring cleaning, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. getting, getting organized. Yeah. Recently in one of my uh, businesses, uh, you know, we had a, an office place, but we are working uh, really hard and we're moving to virtual. Um, we, we, I looked at the expenses and I'm like, you know what? We're not using this the way we, we uh, uh, are or should be. Uh, and and we can cut this expense and hopefully we can, for not that much money, create a virtual platform so that we don't need this. So anyway, I love that piece of advice. And then do you have an, any more tips?
1: Uh, third tip, and so... Um... With that shortfall too, with the inflows, when you're thinking about it, um, if you're doing ads and you have to pay up front before your customer is paying you, because mm-hmm. I've seen that situation before and I've worked with some um, some people in this industry, um, see if you can get some accounts with Google. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. so that you, And get terms on it that work with the payment patterns that your clients pay you in. Mm-hmm. So if you can get 30 days and you can get your client to pay within 20 then you're going to have the money to pay back Google. So really important to think about the timing of the cash flow. Mm-hmm. A lot of entrepreneurs are just thinking about um, the, the sales and the expenses, but you do need to think about when is this happening? Because you mm-hmm. can be super profitable on paper, but if you don't have the cash to pay the bills, uh, it doesn't take very long for there to be a problem. And uh, my third final point is just mm-hmm. uh, to get things in writing. So if you're doing uh, deals with um, other companies, you're an affiliate, you're making money off of um, publicizing them or or anything like that, or any kind of arrangements with creditors, any deferrals, any special things, even cancellations of services, make sure you get everything in writing. Because it's very easy in the moment. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this. This is the deal. Um, But you will need to come back to that paperwork, especially if something doesn't get deferred properly, it doesn't get canceled or somebody doesn't live up to an obligation that they've they've committed to you and um, with the deferrals and things like that we need to be conscious of our credit score if our own um, credit history is supporting your credit that you have Mm -hmm. and if the credit agency doesn't think that there was an official deferral um, they may then um, reduce your score because they might Mm -hmm. think you're in arrears so get Mm -hmm. it in writing
0: I absolutely love that tip because I'm a lawyer and I tell my clients all the time, <laughs> get it in writing. I think it's totally uh, the, the right uh, approach to take, um, especially when it comes, I think, to leases. What I'm seeing with a lot of my clients <laughs> is that, you know, they don't really, they're not super sophisticated. So they they sign the lease that they get. Uh, they They're there for five years. They're paying rent on time. Everything's fine. Now we have this disaster. So now they speak to the, they give a, you know, a text or a call to the landlord and say, Hey, listen, I got to defer rent. Okay. Yeah. You're, you don't have to pay rent for uh, this month. And then, you know, 10 days later Mm -hmm. they say, Oh wait, rent is due. that, That was a deferral. Oh No, no, no. You said you'd, I didn't have to pay rent. You know, there's all these different things. So it makes more sense to people to get stuff in writing. And frankly, this day and age, at least in America, we can get stuff in writing in text or email, let alone, obviously, uh, hard copy. So it really does work. I want to take you back to kind of a discussion you had concerning expenses for businesses. You know, a lot of times when we're we're a business and we're thinking about conserving resources, we're we're cutting expenses. That's the first thing. What staff don't I need? What leases don't I need? What uh, apps don't I need? However, you can't Uh, uh, necessarily drop all marketing expenses. You mentioned Google. Um, What is your thought since you run an online business? I run an online business. What are your thoughts about marketing now? Is it something we should hold off of just out of respect for the time? Is it something we should capitalize on because people like you and myself are are online almost all (laughs) all the day? Um, What do you think about marketing right
1: now? So two points, I'm going to, one, I don't think you can cost cut your way to profitability. Um, so you got to focus on the top line with the, the view that I'm going to be profitable. Um, I think this is a great time for marketing. I think that people have a lot of need and I think there's evidence in the market that people are buying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how tastefully you do it and so that you're not sounding uh, inappropriate. So absolutely people need financial assistance right now. Um, I'm putting out combinations of free stuff and then paid stuff and people will join where they are at, where they're Mm -hmm. willing and where they're able to right now. Um, But certainly coming from a place of service, there should be some free opportunities out there so people can enhance their knowledge. Uh, And you don't wanna be um, creating some kind of fear.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Like I could go around all day talking about the percentage of businesses I think are gonna fail in the next six months. I still think that's the number, but that's not how I'm leading in my marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, I know that businesses that plan, and um, there are always leaders in every industry, but businesses who plan are going to have a greater chance for success. So if you're managing your cash flow and trying to plug any holes, you're going to be more successful than those who don't. So be positive, um, be sensitive to people. Um, don't kind of hound them. I think you, you want to make sure you follow up an appropriate amount of time with a prospect. But if somebody said, you know, it's just not the right time, let it be and circle back with them later nurture the relationship because this is just right now. Mm -hmm. And some people may be feeling this is what my whole life is going to be like, or my business will be like forever. But I mean, we just saw what happened in the span of 60 days, how quickly things changed. That's likely again in the next 60, 90, 120 days.
0: I totally agree with you. And with that, it's the perfect time for me <laughs> to ask you a very unfair question. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you've been in the financial industry or you've been financially inclined since you were a kid, let alone mm-hmm. being a commercial banker, which you've got to know your numbers really well to do that. You were, uh, by my calculations, you were a commercial banker back in 2008 where we saw oh. a structural collapse. Uh, I would term this as more of an artificial collapse, but people can disagree however they want to. Give me, give me, twenty twenty one, May twenty twenty one. What are you, what are you seeing?
1: Oh, I think the the strong industries are going to, or strong players in every industry, are still going to be there. Those companies who are able to pivot um, and make changes in their business, and now is the time, not necessarily to make the changes, but to be planning for the changes. Okay. Um, if you're going to stick with something that's only bricks and mortar, and we don't have a vaccine in the world for a long time, you're going to be challenged. So are there skills that you have or offerings that you can have and make them a different way? So could you move some stuff online? Could you make it easy for clients to come and do curbside pickup if they used to shop in, their, in your store? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly for people who are operating online, there's lots of opportunity. And especially for this audience who's listening, um, business owners like me need help doing that online marketing and doing the social media and making sure that they're not inappropriate. Um, because I know a fair bit of stuff, but I don't know everything about social media and marketing and I'm figuring it out as I go. And so there, I think there's a lot of opportunity to make money there. Um, there will be a lot of um, personal bankruptcies, I think, that will come as well. And so that could have an impact on some people's businesses. But I think we will pull out of this, um, and, and some people stronger, and, and some people uh, weaker off. Um, yeah. Kind of a, a hedge dancer, but um, there, there are people who are thriving right now, and it's really amazing yeah. to see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I am definitely seeing that. You know, I I was particularly fascinated by Starbucks. I've been following their corporation. Mm -hmm. Super, you know, my my word for 2020 is hashtag nimble. Uh, And what it means, it means both personal and and professional. Um, You got to get yourself nimble. And I think Starbucks is a good example of a company that appears to be doing that where, you know, they are completely customer service. I mean, in your face, here's a latte type business. And what they're doing is they're closing a lot of locations. Sorry, we're done. And then mm-hmm. what they're also doing is they're trans—they're uh, they're transforming to a lot of drive-through and walk-up service, uh, and it's—it's it's happening. Like you know, you said it happened in the last sixty days with this disaster. They're—they're they're nimble. Okay, this is the mm-hmm. new reality. We're doing it. We'll be prepared in case there is a time when people can sit with their laptops and do podcasts like you and I used to do in the old days. Uh, but but at least they're—they're uh, they're moving forward. So I do see a little bit of an inkling of hope and maybe a little bit of. Um, a tightening that we need in society, and I mean, I mean, a little bit less, um, uh, you know, waste that's go- there. will be going on. So, I hope you're right. I mm-hmm. hope that we can we can weather this storm, and uh, the better companies, the better position will do well. And then, uh, so same goes true with the individuals. Hopefully, that we can we can you know conserve our resources and make it through. Um, I'm very optimistic, but I'm also prepared. <laughs> so,
1: well, and that's the best yeah. way to be. And I think as business owners, it serves us well to be nimble and be adaptable because we shouldn't get complacent and just do things the same way all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other interesting fact, I mean, the U.S. was carrying so much debt per person when we went into the financial crisis in 2008. Um, you'd think it would make people learn, but they don't necessarily. And in Canada, um, our citizens are holding even more debt than Americans were at that time now. And so a lot of it can be tied up in housing and the value of the the real estate. But at the end of the day, it comes to cash flow. And do you have enough to pay your bills? And that's where a lot of people are struggling right now. So uh, I think we can all take lessons from what's going on now. And certainly, I'm sure everybody has something they're going to do differently. Um, But the strong companies will continue to survive. Um, Hope should not be lost for any individual. Uh, feeling the pain who are listening. If, if it's, you're really in a tight situation before you take on more debt, maybe you should talk to an insolvency trustee, see if making some kind of consumer proposal or, mm-hmm. or bankruptcy um, arrangement would be better for you. Just mm-hmm. like we were talking about the companies who maybe shouldn't take on more debt. It's always um, a good time if you're you're really extended to have a fresh start. And why not now? Nobody's going to think the lesser of you because there's so many people in that position.
0: Agreed, I agreed. Tracy, I could literally talk to you all day, especially I would love to examine the commercial banking industry. You probably have so much stuff to talk about, whether it be financial advice or just like secrets or things that are, you know, I want to know about, but I'm looking at the time and we're, we're past our time. So I wanted to tell my audience, social media creators out there who enjoy understanding the rules and laws of social media, where they could contact you to get some advice. Some of it, you know, like you said, you're volunteering some of Mm -hmm. some value, Uh, but also you have coaching services too. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. And so best place to send me a message is on LinkedIn. Um, So Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y and B-I-S-S-E-T-T. So two S's, two T's. Uh, I'd love to hear from anybody listening and see if I can help out or as well, I'd love to hear your comments on anything that I've said. And by way of a gift um, for the audience, because I know some people are probably feeling like I need to get all my money and get (laughs) started. Uh, I've got a money meeting agenda that you can download from cashcoach.biz. And so you can take that first step forward for financial fitness and I think that um, having a weekly routine where you get in touch with your money even if the first couple meetings are just looking at the agenda if it's something you haven't done before be brave take the the next step and certainly will help your business so cashcoach.biz to download that money meeting agenda Awesome.
0: Well, thanks, Tracy, so much for your time. And I for all the audience out there, I highly recommend Tracy. She makes very complex subjects in you know financial uh, issues very clear. And I just love that she spent some time with us. Uh, thanks again, Tracy. We're going to close for today. This is Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer. And by the way, if you do need any legal templates, go to iancorzine.com. And I'd like to give you a 20% off discount code when you go to the uh, area to buy the uh, templates, just enter into the code field, IanBig20, Big 20 and you'll get 20% off any legal uh, templates that you get from iancorzine.com. Thank you again. That's enough for today. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer, and I'll see you all next week.